Welcome to Down to Business with B, a show dedicated to bringing you actionable information to help protect you, your families, your businesses, and the community. I'm your host, V, and today we're bringing you information on identity protection and identity management, as well as identity theft, what to do if you're a victim, how to report it, and how to identify it. We've called in cybersecurity experts from a global leader in consumer cybersecurity. You don't want to miss this episode. Let's get down to business. From Atlanta, Georgia, to becoming a United States Marine, to Washington, D.C., and every place in between, everybody calls me B. My goal is to bring you resources, education, and knowledge from sources you can trust that informs and protects to safeguard our families, our businesses, and the community. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Down to Business with V. I am your host, V, and today we are discussing identity protection and management. Today we have with us Dr. Kevin Alejandro Roundy, Senior Technical Director of Norton LifeLock, a global leader in consumer cyber safety. Dr. Roundy received his PhD from the University of Wisconsin in 2012. He has a background in machine learning and database systems. Dr. Roundy has also worked in endpoint detection and response on risk modeling, as well as human-centric security and privacy paradigms. During his time with uh, Norton LifeLock, Dr. Roundy has authored several research publications and patents. Welcome, Dr. Kevin Alejandro Roundy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here today. I'm excited for us to talk a bit about identity management, which is also uh, one of the things that you are an expert in. Um, so, Dr. Roundy, tell us what um, identity protection is and why our audience should be concerned about it. Yeah, so there, there are all sorts of frauds that you need to be worried about, but I, one of the most damaging and danger, difficult ones to remedy is identity theft. So if someone gets a hold of your social security number, your, your, your name and address and a few other pieces of information, most, most of which are not that hard to find, uh, you're at risk for someone opening up new financial accounts in your name. In the United States, we have this wonderful credit uh, system where it makes it very easy to open up uh, credit cards and bank accounts, and, and that can be make things very smooth and, and easy for us when we want to open those things. Unfortunately, it also means that other people can open accounts in our name with just small amounts of personal information of ours. So we need to be aware of that and uh, do everything we can to prevent and, and remedy issues where someone could get a hold of that private information and use it to steal our identity. I agree with you there. Um, Dr. Dr. Roundy, can you share with our audience the different types of identity theft that they might encounter? What's out there? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the number one thing that we've seen during this pandemic are unemployment scams. So essentially someone going into your state's website and claiming that they are you and that they're unemployed and claiming unemployment benefits in your name. 
So that's been hitting huge numbers of people and about 40% of people call in lately are, are worried to, nor to LifeLock, are worried about unemployment scams uh, happening in their name. Uh, coming up soon and towards the beginning of the year, we'll have to worry about IRS scams, right? There's a lot of situations in which someone might try to claim claim your tax refund in your name. Uh, and then in general, the most common kind of uh, identity theft beyond those two that you would be likely to be worried about is someone getting a hold of your personal information and opening up a new account in your name. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's a really sad uh, issue. And, and unfortunately, it's some, often the most vulnerable people who are targeted. For example, foster children are often targeted by uh, identity theft uh, with too many people having access to their information. And you know the, the consequences of identity theft can be pretty devastating. Very interesting. I like that you pointed out uh, that foster children are at risk in this, um, something that people might not even think about um, when, we're, when we're thinking about the issue of identity theft. It's a whole nother section of the vulnerable population that's out there. Um, Dr. Randy, you kind of mentioned the, the tax identity theft and what, what could happen there. Can you talk to us about email uh, data breaches? How malicious actors might get this information and what's available in there? Yeah, so there, there, data breach is another uh, common way in which people can get your identity to begin with. So you very likely at some point uh, in the last few years, you may have received some sort of an email notification saying that from a company that you had an account with that all of their accounts have been stolen by a hacker, essentially. So all of the emails, sometimes the passwords, or sometimes or it could be a different subset of the information that they had about you uh, often can be leaked. Uh, and so this can be dangerous for multiple reasons. So if there's a big data breach like that and your, and your username and password are leaked, uh, a lot of people have um, not the best habits of reusing passwords from one site to another site, or at least maybe a very similar password uh, across multiple sites. So that can get you into a lot of trouble because one of the first things that will happen when, when there's a big breach of information with your email account and uh, an old password is that hackers will buy, basically either buy or get access to that dump of password and password and email combinations. And they'll just try it on all sorts of banking and financial sites and other sites that they can monetize so that they can start to steal more um, funds if you, in case, hoping that you maybe reuse your passwords across different sites. So that's a very, it's another uh, great point feed. Those, those data breaches, I think a lot of us might get notifications about that. And, we really need to jump on that quickly uh, before attackers start um, stuffing our, our password and email combinations into all these other financial sites. That attack is generally called credential stuffing because they're just taking your credentials from one site and trying them on like 100 other sites to see if they work. Wow, very interesting. Um, and as you stated, time is of the essence as in most crimes, especially cyber crimes because of the, the nature of technology and how quickly malicious actors can put that information to use. Um, Dr. Randy, I know that we um, kind of went through some of the information on um, just some precautions that they could take in a previous conversation that we did as part of our, our pre-interview. Can you go over um, what a consumer would do to protect their home Wi-Fi network 
or, or um, the, anything that's housed under that? Yeah, so I mean, the, the main thing, if you have, you, almost all of us have a router, a Wi-Fi router at home. And, um, you know, if you have an older router, you might not have the best security on there. Uh, and so you want to make sure that that you you try and update to the latest protection, the latest uh, passwords. Often we'll go into a Starbucks or maybe we have some sort of like a shared Wi-Fi for our whole apartment building or a hotel or something like that, right? So uh, if a hacker gets onto that network, you know, it is possible that they, or especially if they get onto the router itself, they could try and spy on us in a, different, a variety of different ways. So the, the main the main protection that I would advocate in that case is called a virtual private network. Uh, there are a lot of different providers out there. Uh, Norton has uh, its own virtual private network offerings, but there are many, many options and that are good. Uh, generally, the paid options will treat your, your private data with uh, respect. Um, you may have an employer that offers a virtual private network and you could try and use that. Uh, essentially, what a virtual private network does is let's imagine that I'm gonna log into my bank. Uh, so bank.com and I go in there, I type my password and my, my email, et cetera. Now, um, what I'm hoping is that when I send that, it'll go straight to bank.com with no one like snooping on me in the middle, right? So what a virtual private network will do is make sure that instead of my, my, my password and email going from my computer to the router, and then, and then to the uh, bank with the router being able to see everything that's happening in the middle uh, is it'll go straight from my computer. Uh, it'll be, the router will just pass my information straight to the VPN and it'll be encrypted at that point. So nothing that I send, none of the sites that I visit will be able to be interceptable. And either router will have no visibility of any of the websites that I'm visiting. So in general, when you go to your bank, if your bank's doing a good job, it's not easy for the router to, to steal your credentials because there is some encryption there, uh, but it could be happening. And, and they, can get, they can at least get a sense of what websites you're visiting at the router level. So if you connect to a VPN, all the router can see is that you're connected uh, to the VPN and they have no idea of what websites you're visiting through the VPN because everything's encrypted. So they just see a garbled collection of, of random data. They can't tell what websites you're visiting. They can't see any of the data that you're inputting either. Interesting. So you're recommending a VPN to protect that, that home network. Yeah. Any network that you're on mm -hmm. that you don't trust, I recommend a VPN. And yeah. uh, the VPNs can also use, be used for mobile devices. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. And um, when it comes to downloading them or applying them to a mobile device, what would be the difference in applying it to your home network versus your mobile device? Or uh, is the there one? Yeah, the installation process and, and activation process will be a little different. So in general, on my computer, every time I connect to the VPN, I, I input my password and it'll kind of connect me to the VPN server. And then everything I start sending from my, from my device will be funneled through that VPN server. On a mobile device, it's more likely to be an app that you install. And then you, know, you install that app and you might need to log into it occasionally uh, to kind of make sure that your traffic is going through the VPN anytime that you're, that you're on a Wi-Fi connection. Awesome. When we come back from the break, Dr. Roundy and I will go more in depth 
into the subject of identity management and protection and talk to you more about identity theft and how you can mitigate it. Every organization is responsible for ensuring cybersecurity. The ability to protect its information systems from impairment or even theft is essential to success. Implementing effective security measures will not only offer liability protection, it will also increase efficiency and productivity. With our cybersecurity workshop, your participants will understand the different types of malware and security breaches. Develop effective prevention methods which will increase overall security. They'll also understand the basic concepts associated with cybersecurity and what a company needs to stay secure. Find out more about training for you and your organization at VickerGroup.com. Welcome back to Down to Business with V. I am your host, V, and today we are discussing identity protection and management, as well as identity theft red flags. And today I have with me Dr. Kevin Alejandro Roundy, Senior Technical Director at Norton LifeLock, a global leader in consumer cyber safety. Um, Dr. Roundy is also a member of the Coalition Against Stalkerware. Um, Dr. Roundy, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Um, as we promised, we're gonna review a little bit of the red flags, what people should look for when um, when they've been compromised in an identity theft situation. But can you recap for our audience members that are just tuning in with us, um, the concept of identity protection, identity management, and some of the scenarios that we discussed in the first segment? Yes, so uh, identity theft is, is a situation that arises when someone gets a hold of your personal information that would enable them to either create new accounts in your name or log into existing accounts that you already have. They might get a hold of your username and password uh, through a data breach and try it on a new site. They might get a hold of your social security number and open new accounts in your name. Uh, they might log into government sites and try to uh, steal your tax refund or your unemployment benefits. And uh, you know that's a kind of the, the basic idea of identity theft. And then you know they can they can try and steal your identity in a variety of different ways, such as through compromised uh, internet network that you log into, through a data breach, um, and other in other manners as well. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, we we kind of went over a lot in that first segment. Um, on this time around, I'd like to talk about some signs of an identity um, theft scenario, as well as any signs of breaches? Yeah, so, so one sign of an identity theft would be, for example, your credit score going down. Um, people who are victims of unemployment theft uh, could get a notification in the mail from the government saying, you know, you've been conducting unemployment fraud and claiming benefits that you are not entitled to. Uh, that's a very scary letter to receive in the mail. Uh, you might similarly receive other mail indicating new financial accounts have been opened in your name. So if you've signed up for a credit monitoring service like LifeLock or, or others, you, you should receive a report anytime a new account is open, created, uh, is created using your identity. 
Uh, and in general, you know, you, you'll be able to see transactions that you don't recognize being reported to you as well uh, on existing accounts. Awesome. Um, Dr. Randy, can you tell us um, what it takes to um, not only protect yourself in a scenario like this, but what a consumer would do if they've been a victim? Yeah, so if you have been a victim, the first thing you should do, if there's a company where you know fraud occurred, you should contact them right away and let them know that it wasn't you. And, and that way, place an addition, that would help stop any additional activity that might happen on that account, which is maybe your highest risk location as a first step. The next thing is to go to a credit agency, uh, one of Equifax, Experian, or TransUnion, and place a fraud alert. So when you do that, what that does is it makes it, it is it makes it harder for someone to open a new credit account in your name because the businesses have to verify your identity before uh, issuing new credit. Alternatively, you can create a credit freeze that will make it impossible for any uh, new accounts to be opened uh, on any of your accounts and until you lift that freeze. So an alert just makes it a fraud alert makes it harder for someone to open an account because they have to verify your identity, extra step, which is a good thing. You can leave that in place. Uh, a credit freeze, you would have to leave in place until you yourself want to, to lift it. And then you can also get your credit reports for free. So all of these things you can do for free, by the way. A fraud alert by contacting any of those three, Equifax, Experian, or TransUnion, they, they by law have to notify the other two and, uh, and place, that, place that alert on your file. Now the credit reports you can also receive for free from the government once a year. And then um, credit freezes are also free, but credit freeze you need to place at all three of those agencies. Um, active duty service members also have additional resources they can use called an active duty fraud alert. And uh, so then the next step after you've uh, contacted the companies where you know the frauds occurred, you've placed a fraud, a fraud alert or freeze. Uh, then you uh, can you should report the theft to the FTC. They should, should be able to, to help you. And as a final step, I would advocate signing up for a credit monitoring service if you haven't already. That will significantly reduce the amount of time before you become aware that these new accounts are being opened in your name or that there are unusual transactions happening in your existing accounts. That's very thorough information, Dr. Roundy. Um, we, we discussed a lot there about um, the reporting um, and ways that our consumers can report what to look for. Um, there are, are things that might escape them on the residential side or just the, the normal day-to-day -day side, like making sure your mailbox to your home is secure um, and ensuring that you know things are being shred if you're discarding paperwork or have things like that in the house. And um, another, um, another kind of best practice is ensuring that um, there, you have a document lockbox for important documents as well, um, which I think sometimes because we're in such a cyber-driven world and a technology-driven world, sometimes we kind of forget like the basics on the other side of it as well. Um, with just simple shredding, <laughs> what can you add to that? Oh, that's absolutely right. And I think those are some of the worst kinds of uh, identity theft situations you can get into is if someone gets a hold of your identity, it's a person in the neighborhood that's dumpster diving or you know going through just stealing things out of mailboxes. 
this is a person maybe doesn't have access to like a massive number of accounts that they can use for identity theft. So you might get in a situation where you get a very persistent attacker that keeps trying and trying and creating new accounts and new accounts and new accounts in your name. So really monitoring that physical side of things is super, super important, as you mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Um, Dr. Randy, um, how would, in addition to the FTC notifications, would you recommend that a, a victim of identity theft report this to the local police or federal authorities? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, the FTC can put you in touch with resources like that as well, but, um, but you, you certainly should. And uh, it's, it's the first step in sort of starting to restore your credit reputation. Right now, um, a lot of these credit monitoring services like LifeLock will help you uh, to restore your credit, help you to go through all of the red tape that you need to you need to get through to restore and to prove essentially that the fraud was not your fault and, and that someone that, you know, you shouldn't be responsible uh, for any of the financial uh, losses that happen through these new accounts. But you start by contacting the authorities and uh, you know generally they will be do a good job of referring you to each other so that you can get get to the right place to, to start clearing your name. And you mentioned the restoration services. Can you tell us a little more about what a consumer could expect in a scenario where they're using a restoration service like a Norton LifeLock? Yeah, so uh, essentially LifeLock will will give you a very early notification that the that the fraud is happening on your account. Uh, you, there are plenty of other providers that can give you those early notifications. And then once you've got that notification, you, you first have to dispute it, right? And then generally you get like a step-by-step -step guide of how you report this to the authorities and they'll, they'll take care of a lot of that for you uh, if, if you're signed up for a service that, that has identity restoration uh, protections included. Otherwise, you'll, you'll have to be placing uh, more phone calls yourself, but you will get good guides um, through the FTC. The FTC is an excellent resource for, for uh, helping you get through identity theft and going step-by-step -step on how to restore your credit. It, it can be a painstaking process if you have to do it yourself. Well, Dr. Henry, we certainly do appreciate the information that you've shared here today. Is there anything in closing that you'd want to say to the consumers out there surrounding identity theft, identity protection, or identity management? Uh, well, thanks, V. I think you covered a lot of the key important things. Uh, as you mentioned in the first segment, you, you should be careful for your when you're going and logging into your accounts. Uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier in the segment was was Wi-Fi security, right? So if you're on a Wi-Fi network that you don't trust, use a virtual private network. Pay a lot of attention when you're logging in to websites that you're that you're going where you think you are, right? If you do log into a compromised network, they can not only monitor what you're what you're doing and 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 take information from those interactions, but they can also manipulate uh, the 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 access to the sites that you're that you're going into through domain DNS attacks essentially it makes it seem like you're you're going to the website that you trust but really they're manipulating the site and, and stealing information so it is important to protect yourself uh, as you log into different networks and also guard your mail and uh, and really try and take a good handle of pa your passwords make sure you're not reusing passwords uh, so that if if uh, there's a data breach, 
uh, you'll be more protected. Thank you so much. Cybersecurity expert, Dr. Kevin Aliandro Roundy, Senior Technical Director at Norton LifeLock. We certainly do appreciate you, all of the wonderful insight that you've brought us today to help protect us, our families, our communities, and our businesses from identity theft and to protect um, our identities across the board. Um, we certainly do appreciate you and all of the insight that you've brought today. Um, we will be back in just a second. I'd like to give a special thanks to our guest, Dr. Kevin Aleandro Roundy, Senior Technical Director at Norton LifeLock. Thank you so much for all of the insight and expertise that you shared with us today. We certainly do appreciate you. I'd also like to give a special shout out to our team here at Down to Business with V, who makes this show possible. I'd like to thank Hannah, Eric, Suzanne, Stephen, Doug, for all you do every day to make our show possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'd like to thank you, our audience, for tuning in every week. We certainly do appreciate you, and this show would not be on air without you. If you would like to sponsor our show, or be a guest on the show, or if you have show ideas, feel free to email us at show at dtbwithv.com. I'm your host, V. This is Down to Business with V, and we'll see you next time. Emergency plan today.